You're listening to The Couplehood Podcast, a podcast designed for parents who want to keep their romantic relationships thriving and build their most intentional life. I'm your host, Allison Villa, psychotherapist and relationship expert. Well, I think we can all agree that this has been a huge year for all of us. And as you may know, I really believe in the power of reflecting on milestones because they can help us to grow and better understand ourselves. So today I'm going to walk you through a reflective practice to help you understand who you have become this year. And I want to remind you, as we do this reflection, this is not the time to judge yourself. This is not about things you have or haven't done or that were good or were bad. This is more about being curious about about your year and how it has impacted who you are in this moment. Reflecting in this way should be more like noting in meditation. And when you note your thoughts in meditation, it's more like watching them and just noticing them, not judging them, like I said. So I want to really encourage you to have that approach as we go through this reflection together. At the end of this podcast, I'm going to give you some reflective questions. So stick around all the way till the end. And we're going to divide it into three categories, this conversation, this reflection. The first category we're going to look at is your emotional journey. And the second category is your community. And then the third category is your relationships. So those are the more close-knit relationships because all of those pieces affect who you are and affect who you've become in this past year and who you will continue to be moving forward. So looking back, number one, on your emotional journey. I was a guest on a TV show and I wrote a blog post about this early on in the spring of 2020 about how we all on the planet are experiencing global collective grief and why this matters. I know this word grief can bring up a lot, but hear me out on this because Elizabeth Kubler-Ross created the five stages of grief, and it's really helpful to know the stages of grief because it helps to make sense of your experience, of the many emotions that you have likely experienced over the past year. Because in grief, obviously, there's a lot of highs and lows and confusion and why am I thinking this or why am I feeling this? So I just want to walk you through the five stages because we are continuing to experience grief. It's not just something in the past that has happened and is over. We're still moving through this. If you have experienced the loss of a loved one, you know the grief of losing that person just doesn't end after a year, right? It is it's part of your life. It's an ongoing process. And it's going to be the same when you look at how life has changed in this past year, right? It's a loss of a life that was familiar. And it's also the loss of a life you had imagined and envisioned for yourself, because that future vision has changed. And that future vision might not have the clarity that it had before. So the five stages of grief are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Let's talk a little bit about what each of those might look like. Denial is the first stage of grief. Some of the things you could feel in denial might have been back in March of 2020, like this virus won't come to our country or this social distancing won't last long. This will only be two weeks, right? Some denial about what's happening. And the next stage of grief is anger, 
things like this isn't fair, people are dying, people are suffering, small businesses are closing, you know, there can be anger around the grief that's happening, bargaining is the next stage. Things like, if I stay home, then this will go away. If I follow all these rules, then this will end sooner. If I find ways to control things in my home life, it will get easier, right? Bargaining, I know, little things like, I'm going to really keep the house super clean and feel very organized because those are the small ways that we can feel in control when things around us, when there's, there's a loss that is out of our control, right? This is how we bargain with that. Depression is the next stage of grief that can look like feelings of this isn't going away. I don't know how to do this. I feel heavy and sad. It's hard to get up in the morning and consistently feeling that is usually what depression looks like. And then the last stage of grief is acceptance, which is this is happening and I know that I will learn and grow from this. It's integrating this this loss, this change in your life into your personal story and having a trust and an acceptance around it. So again, I'm just going to say those five stages of grief because they're not linear, right? Like, yes, you can start with denial and then go to anger and then bargaining, depression, acceptance, but you can also feel like you've accepted what's going on. You're able to follow the rules. You know that things are going as they're supposed to go, but then you can also find yourself feeling really angry one day or even really sad. The other day I felt really, really sad. And for the most part, I feel like, okay, I've integrated this. I'm accepting what's going on. And I had this moment. So I, I posted a photo of, of our youngest daughter it was like her and I in a selfie and she had just lost her front tooth. And I didn't say anything about her tooth in the photo, but my mom and my sister-in-law both sent me a direct message right away. And they were like, oh my gosh, somebody lost a tooth. And I'm telling you just that moment of like these two women who I'm very close with, obviously, uh, but I have not seen the way consistently, the way that, you know, we would have been seeing each other. It just like the fact that, oh my gosh, you know, we're so far physically from each other. And I felt so much sadness about that. Like this is, this is what grief looks like. It takes you by surprise. It doesn't, doesn't make sense. And that's okay. It's these are feelings. And this is part of the process of grieving. In that instance, I was grieving the change in our relationships and what they look like, which brings me to the next theme that is part of how you have changed and who you have become in this past year, which, which is community. Community, I've said this before, but humans, you know, we are herd animals. We are meant to live near each other with all of the generations in a village, in a community. And we have been removed from that lifestyle and that primal instinct this year. It's highlighted how important in-person connection is and how valued it is to be in the company of others. When I'm talking about community, I'm not speaking about our immediate family that I'm going to talk about next, but I'm talking about like more even my own parents, my sister-in-law, my brother, the, the friendships, the daycare, the schools, the community, right? That supports your immediate family, the friends. And how has this year highlighted your friendships? What has been highlighted for you, right? I think for a lot of people, there's been, there's been changes in our relationships, right? Differing opinions, 
can cause shifts in relationships. And that is okay. There's also some acceptance in how relationships ebb and flow. And I remember when our first daughter was born and I had a lot of grief around how I was showing up in my friendships, in my my relationships with my friends, because I had this realization that, oh my goodness, I, I'm not able to show up for my friends the way that I have in the past. Because I get a lot of pleasure out of spending time with my friends and being thoughtful and and being in each other's company. And of course, when you become a new mother, that totally changes. But the feeling and the longing to be with my my friends that was still there. So there was a there was a lot of grief around how my community shifted at that time. And I remember the way that I process it at that time. And this may be helpful for how you can process the shifts in your relationships at this time. Is that I realized that I can still love my friends and love people from afar. And I don't mean that because we're, you know, a lot of us are connecting virtually now. I actually mean we might not even talk or text or have any sort of contact for a while, but I know that I can still love those people from afar because I only have enough energy for my close circle at this moment in time. And I'm speaking about when I was a new mother and also even right now, when we're going through something challenging, we have less energy for just period. And so it's so important that we are intentional about the people, our community, who we're choosing at this time. And so you can be intentional about your community and still love people from afar. You can hold them in your mind. You can hold them in your heart. And when you do that, it allows you to hold space for reconnecting down the road if that's the way your journeys are meant to flow. The next theme that I want to touch on is your intimate relationships, right? With your partner and with your your kids, your family, specifically the people who live under your roof with you. (laughs) So those relationships have very much been impacted and they are very much a part of who you have become in this past year because you guys have been together 24-7 for a lot of the time. And why this matters is because, as I mentioned before, humans are herd animals. We're not meant to only be with a, a, like a small group of people. We are meant to engage with our community and to be around many generations and all different people who bring out different parts of us. And this is why I've said this before, I'll say it again, but it's so important for every relationship, especially the ones the relationships with the people who live under your roof, the same roof, is that we have space from each other. This is how relationships thrive. Esther Perel, a beautiful psychologist from New York City, she talks about how a relationship is like a flame. It needs space. It needs oxygen to continue to burn. And if you do not have oxygen, your flame, your fire will go out. And it's the same thing for that relationship with your children and with your partner. When you are together all of the time, it dulls the relationship. And we need your relationships to thrive, to continue to to burn in a healthy way. And To do that, creating space from each other, right? Going out of the house, 
taking turns, taking the kids. If you have a partner, I mean, you're listening to this, so you probably do have a partner, (laughs) but you know where I'm going with this. We all need personal space to connect with ourselves as individuals. Often when we get irritated with our kids, with our partner, it's because we haven't had that time to connect with ourselves first. None of the relationships in our life are going to thrive unless our relationship with ourself is thriving first. That reminder that every relationship needs space is an important one. And so when we ask, who have you become this year? It might give you permission that, oh, wow, I need more space to step back into myself again. Or maybe you have already been doing that and you realize maybe I need a little bit more, or maybe I can tweak that a little bit, or maybe my partner needs help with that and I can help them with that. Or maybe my kids even need that. What does space look like for them? So I hope that these themes are helpful for you as you reflect on who you have become in this past year. So the first thing that we looked at was your emotional journey and reflecting on the five stages of grief. The second theme is community and valuing that in-person connection, but also acknowledging that you can love people from afar. And then the third theme is your immediate relationships, the relationship with those who live in your home with you and how important it is for each of you to have space for your relationships to thrive. I want to leave you with some reflective questions for you. Question number one is, What has been highlighted for you this year? Often things that are already existing are highlighted in times of crisis, like in this past year. So the really great things are going to be highlighted and also the really challenging things. So if there's any whispers that you've had, even in the year prior to 2020, maybe it was that you didn't love your job or that you wanted to shift something in your relationship, or maybe you've always wanted to homeschool your kids, right? What has been highlighted for you in this past year? And really listen to those musings, to those whispers that you're having about that and listen to them. They're so valuable and can give you so much feedback about you stepping more fully into an intentional life. Number one, what has been highlighted for you in this past year? Number two, What does support look like for you moving forward? What does it look like for you individually? What does it look like for your relationship? What does it look like for your family? What does support look like moving forward? The community aspect of our lives has changed. So as you're reconnecting with people, what do you want that support to look like? Is it specific people? Is it hiring help? Is it moving to a new place, what what does that look like for you? What does support look like for you? And question number three, what has been uncomfortable for you that has helped you to step more fully into yourself? What is one thing that has been uncomfortable for you in this past year that has helped you to step more fully into yourself, right? From discomfort comes growth. And by reflecting on that and acknowledging that, okay, yeah, I, I, I did something really hard and it helped me 
in this way. This is how we build our resiliency muscles and how as we move forward and we face other challenges in our lives, we're reminded that, oh yeah, we can do challenging things and this is how we grow. So I want you to name one thing that was uncomfortable for you this year, but that pushed you forward to step more fully into yourself. Okay, I'm just going to recap on those. Question number one, what has been highlighted for you this year? Number two, what does support look like for you moving forward, for you, for your couple, for your family? And what is one thing that was uncomfortable for you this year, but that helped you to step more fully into yourself? All right. I hope you find this reflection helpful as you look at who you have become in this past year, because it's going to help you move forward with your life with more intention and purpose. All right. Sending you so much love. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to the Couplehood Podcast. It says so much about you that you're carving out this time for yourself and for your relationship. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. Your ratings and reviews help more people like you find the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with someone you think would love it. Head over to allisonvilla.com to learn more. A special shout out to my podcast editor, Emily Millane from theultimatecreative.com. You are a rock star. All right, you guys. Until next time, I'm Allison Villa wishing you love on your couplehood journey.